thank you, Lord, for great things you will do today. Thank you, Lord, because your people have come hungry, our ears open, our hearts expectant. Lord, we ask this evening that by your grace and by your mercy, that word that you have prepared for every one of us, let us receive it in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Quickly, let's take our declaration so we can sit down. We've been on our feet since praying. Now I declare, the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 The word of healing is coming again today in Jesus' name. As we pay attention, it will happen that the Spirit will ride over those words and impact healing into every heart, into every body, into every mind that is paying attention this evening in the name of Jesus. Even if you are listening to this later, that word is still active. The Spirit is riding upon it. And it is bringing healing into your life in the name of Jesus. It is delivering the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And it's giving life to your mortal body. In Jesus' name. Alright, the Lord is good. I want to, again, if you know, I've been doing some exhortation the last uh, few Tuesdays. And I feel like uh, that's what we should do as the year is coming to an end. You know, as our habit is, we'll soon close for the year. Um, what's in my mind for us to um, share this evening is on, it's something to do with thanksgiving, trusting God, resting in the Lord, not having any worries, centered around thanksgiving. I want us to just rest. I want to show us again from the word of God what he expects us to do um, concerning our lives, why we should not worry, why we should not fret. Jesus said something clearly. I don't know whether we should start reading from there. Okay, let's just read from the book of Matthew chapter 5. We're going to read from the book of Matthew chapter 5. Then we'll now read what Paul said about it in the book of Romans. Let's just read that Matthew chapter 5 first. One of the greatest challenges in life I found out is to rest and not, um, you know, to rest and let God take care of things for us. One of the greatest challenges is to, did I say Matthew chapter 5? Sorry, 6. Is to allow God to take care of our lives. You know, I don't think um, there's anybody, now, there are two kinds of people that are not worried. There are two sets. The first set are some people that are just naturally careless. They're just naturally careless. Okay, let me give an example. Now, this is not supposed to be an insult on the age. But children, they care about anything. They don't, you don't have to preach to them, don't worry about tomorrow. They don't even know what tomorrow is. The only thing they know about tomorrow is that if daddy promised that something is going to share by weekend, they can count the number of days between today and Saturday. Maybe mommy said, okay, all of you have been on good behavior, so we're all going to the mall 
on Saturday, then they will know what tomorrow is. That's only tomorrow they understand. But as a word, they, they, are, they can be expectant concerning promises that you made for tomorrow. But if it's to like have anxiety about waiting to happen, what will not happen, not them. They don't understand that. So that's what I mean, that some people naturally, they are not, they don't know how to worry about anything. It's not a virtue. Sometimes it's pure ignorance. They don't even know what is going on. All right? And that's why I gave the example of children. Now, some adults grow and retain that, but not as in trusting in God. They just are irresponsible. Have you seen some adults before? No matter what you give them, cash-wise, they are broke within three days. And they are, they are, it's not, and they are generous. I forgot to mention, they are very generous. Though. Their generosity is not the love of God. It's not the love of brethren. It's indiscipline, thank you. They are just indiscipline. They don't have, that is, they are indiscipline. You give the guy, something happens, he makes two million naira today. And you are rejoicing for him. To him, what he, what he has seen, two million naira. That restaurant that they said we can't go, that Chinese restaurant somewhere in that, you know that part I'm talking about? Hey, that one. He gathers his friends to go and have a discussion. Then they collect two tables and they eat. They eat prawns. They eat all kinds of exotic seafoods. Rice cooked the Chinese way. And with two Chinese men waiting on them. And two Nigerians waiting there too. And then they take some of the money and pays. And he walks out of there not feeling anything. In fact, people like that, he won't even pay his debts. Have you noticed? His own children's school fees, he won't remember to pay. He'll just live large. After a few weeks, he's broke. Now, in the few weeks that he had that money, everybody will love him. If any of the children mistakenly have a birthday around that time, they'll say, this is correct, daddy. Anything they want. They say, kill a cow for the birthday. Why not? This boy has been a good boy. Go kill the cow. All that is doing him is what? Irresponsibility. They are men like that. If you are like that, you are not walking by faith. You are irresponsible. All right? I don't want to talk about you now. <laughs> There's a second group of people. All right? These ones, their matter is faith. Sometimes they look like that irresponsible guy. Just by the way, let me quickly add it. How you differentiate between an unfaithful and irresponsible person and the person walking by faith is in how responsible they are in whatever you keep, you give them to do today. That's one key. A fellow walking by faith, all right? Anytime you give him something to do, you can count on him. You can count on her. That who did you give this thing to? Oh, it should be well handled. If you give him or her a job that's not paying so much, don't worry. He will handle it like Joseph. He will behave like Daniel. Very, very faithful. And people of faith like that, if you give them that two million we're talking about, or is it one million we said? Two. When it finishes, ask him how it went. He'll give you a fine account of everything. You can disagree with him on some expenditure, but he will tell you where everything went. He will tell you, oh, as soon as I got the money, you know, I was behind in the rent. I gave the landlord 250000 You know, I didn't want to have a problem with the school, so I quickly paid the children, all right? I know it's not yet the term, but I've delayed for the last two months. I said, this one, let me, the two terms, this one, let me go ahead. You understand? You see? 
Then you know our neighbor, the child has been sick, they've been in hospital for weeks. I mean, just write to feel for them. So I gave them this amount to support it. Okay? And you know, you see, even if the money finishes, when it gives you an account of what happened, you say you will, you will like, ah, okay. You know, you now be angry with yourself or being angry with him that the money finished. The money is finished. So why didn't you invest it? Bros, I couldn't think of anything. And I'm not an investor. Just by the way, hey, so many things we say. Don't invest money just because you have money. If you do not to invest, it's not compulsory. We won't teach that one now. Some people say, I have a lot of money, I must invest. At the end of two years, zero. They can't find, they've stolen all the money from them. Who stole them? Investment consultants. Stockbrokers made them buy shares that died. Are you getting my point? That just by the way. So many by the way things to say. That's why some people, they collect their gratuity after working for 30 years. They want to start a business. I always say to them, don't bother. The business you couldn't do for 30 years of working for somebody else. You want to start now when they now give you 10 million naira. You can be sure you will waste the whole money. The money will die. What should you do? Eat the money. At least you know it. <laughs> you are laughing. At least you will know where it went. <laughs> it's a very funny. This, this is my counsel. Sounds funny, eh? <laughs> I, mean, I know what I'm telling you. At least you know where it went. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm just saying it's best. It's better than. Investing it in something you have no idea about. Okay, build a small house. Have you? But you go and start a business you don't know about. I've seen it a lot of times. Of course, within, within a year or two, you are broke. You are owing stuff. You before, you were, you, didn't have, you were not owing anybody. Now you are owing. But that is good. Now what I'm trying to say is that, but, so people who are of faith, how you know them is how responsible they are in matters of today. They are very responsible. But if you look at it generally, they can look a bit careless because they are not following life the way the world says, follow it to plan for tomorrow. They just don't know how to do that. And they've learned to just leave things in God's hands. If somebody who is responsible tells you, I've left my future in God's hands, don't laugh at the individual. Don't even advise him. Just say, I'll be praying for you. Because one of the things I found out, most Christians don't believe. What do I mean by that? When they hear a believer act, they counsel against the faith of the individual. Respect true faith when you find it. Respect true faith. It often looks foolish. If you met Abraham while he was packing, and you loved Abraham, you will counsel him not to go. You know that? You would. You will tell Abraham, look, I don't understand who, who spoke to you. The person, okay, at least leave some investment in case it doesn't work. I will keep, I will keep on collecting your rent for you. Because Abraham sold the houses. If you don't need to sell it, I'll be collecting the rent. That's the kind of advice we will give to a man like Abraham that's setting out on the sojourn of obedience to God. My advice to you is don't do it. If somebody, listen, it's tempting, you know, there are times people will give you counsel, they give you, um, um, what do you call it? They, they'll tell you what they are doing. Listen to it. If it sounds like real faith, even if it, though it scares you, just go and pray. Sometimes it is foolishness. I've seen people who claim they are walking by faith. All they are doing is wrong and foolish. Even then, you still can't advise such people. Let them fail by themselves. 
I know what I'm telling you. Because you don't want to advise somebody against real faith. If somebody is giving you, re- I'm not talking about presumption, copying it because that's how so and so person did his own. This is how Pastor Banky said he did his own. No, you want to copy? That's not what I'm talking about. This is step I'm taking. These are the steps we are taking in the, in the family. Why? After cons- and you know, if you're a spiritual person, also you should know when somebody is really talking by the word that he or she understands. He quotes the scriptures, appears relaxed. You want to give it one or two counsels. And the fellow just looks like, just leave it. I think God has taken care of this horse. Please don't advise people against faith. Don't. I've seen people do it. It's not right. You may actually go end up buying judgment for yourself. Of course, you need the wisdom. And that's why I'm giving you some examples. Somebody who is always irresponsible tells you God spoke to him. Tell him this is how you have always been saying. When God didn't talk to you, we never saw you do anything responsible. If you can be honest with the person, be honest. But if you see a diligent individual who has always been responsible, faithful, begin to take steps, and he or she says it is because of faith, this is the word of God that came to me, and that's why I'm doing this, please rest. If you are concerned, go and pray for the person and for yourself. You, you also need the prayer. I hope you get my point. Let me tell you something. Um, uh, John G. Lake said something, one of his uh, materials I read. That once, he was looking for, I think it's uh, Letwaba, one of his guys, in, one of the black guys in South Africa. So he got to the guy's house, they told him that he went to pray for a child that was sick. So he got there and said, let me see the child. He said, because of his own training, he understood that that child, he said the child fell. So he said the child had broken its neck. But Letwaba did not know that. Are you getting my point? So Letoba was there praying, invoking the name of the Lord, laying hands, declaring the word of God. Gile came, saw the situation. He said, the way he responded, Letoba looked at him and knew that his faith was down. You know what he said? He just backed up and said, please, I'll wait outside. He just realized that, listen, whatever Letoba is up to, I, I, don't, I can't handle it. Letoba not knowing the details, but he could perceive, they were men of the spirit, he could perceive that this is my brother. His faith is down in this matter. So they just did one small spiritual communication between them. John G. Lake just said, please, let me wait outside. You handle this one. You know, Jesus used to put out those who are, those who are not believing. The child is not dead, he's just asleep. They started laughing. So he put them out, the Bible says. In your life, learn to put unbelieving people out. It's important. It's important. And if you're a wife or a husband, make sure your spouse does not need to put you out. I tell you, you have to pray seriously. So, Jilly said he went out to go and lie down there. Say, sit down under the tree. He fell asleep there. Then sometime during the night, maybe around 1 a.m., 2 a.m., thereabout, he was fast asleep. He was used to the village life. Then somebody came and woke him up. So, he woke up. He said, let's go. So he said, how about the child? And he looked like, which child? That one? The child is fine. So he went back into the hut. Picked up the child, and the child was perfectly well. 100% well. He said he lifted the child up and started praying for himself. That God, please, this kind of unbelief <laughs> that is in me, please remove it. He turned it to prayer for himself. That's what I mean by you have to pray for yourself. Can I get you to tell some stories that 
he went to a church. A pastor asked him that. <laughs> the thing is very funny. How he lived, what he lived on, the Bible said he liberalized worthy of his wages, right? So anytime he's invited to go and preach somewhere, that's his income. So usually if he preaches in the church for maybe three weeks, they used to do long meetings. Every week, they will take a special offering for him, maybe like on Sunday. And they'll say this is for the minister, all right, our guest minister. So the pastor now asked him and said, how much money does it normally take to meet your budget? So he told the pastor, don't bother. Just do the normal thing you do. This offering is for the guest minister. And leave it there. The pastor said, no, now, let, just tell me, just let me know. After the guy pressed him, he told him the amount. And the guy fell down. <laughs> he fell from the chair, literally. Like, what? We can't get that kind of money. He mentioned one particular big minister that came. As, now, I can't remember the exact amount. Let's assume the man said for those days, Let's just assume it, $150 or so. And the man said, the biggest amount we have ever gotten is $80. And it was for so and so and so person, one big man. And it took me 45 minutes to get collect that money. I can't. <laughs> he said, see, I told you, don't worry about it. You pressured me to tell you. He said, can you do me a favor? Don't pray about it. He told the man, don't believe God for it. Don't do anything. Don't put any pressure on anybody. Just say, this offering is for the man of God. He said, please, I will do all the praying and believing myself. Apparently, you are putting bricks on this thing by your involvement. Then his wife called him. And the amount of money he needed doubled. There was an issue at home. And this man got to know. The man fell down again. <laughs> and he told the man, please, please, I'm begging you, don't get involved in any way. He said, don't try and agree with me. If two of us shall agree, you are not, you can't be in agreement. The way you are right now, you can't be in agreement. Don't pray, don't think about it, and don't tell the church anything. Don't tell them how much money I need. Don't, the other one said it took you 45 minutes. This one, just make the announcement, the normal one minute announcement. Please, we are going to pass our offering basket. This is a special offering that we'll give to our minister for blessing us for this week. She said, just say it and leave it like that. Let's make a long story short. He said, do you know he got every dime he needed. And that pastor couldn't believe it. Like, what? How did you manage? Of course, you took the offering, not me. It's not as if I did anything. I didn't want anybody. I just believed God. Why I told the story is that he told the man, please, relax. Don't get involved. Don't use your own belief to kill my faith. Please, I hope you're getting my point here. It's crucial in life that we learn to believe and rest and trust. And if you see somebody who is believing, don't put break for the individual. Always encourage people with faith. If they appear like their faith is shaky, then talk about it. Give them sound counsel. But somebody, don't ever be the reason why somebody can't obey God. He said, there are people who have obeyed God, and that's so they suffer. Suffering because you obeyed God is a blessing. Didn't you hear what I said? You think it's everybody that obeyed God that I began to enjoy? Obedience sometimes leads to suffering. God told me to sell my car and give it out as an offering. Doesn't mean you'll get another one tomorrow. That is the wrong gospel we have believed. So if I sell my car and I, you hear that I gave it as to, to help people in need or to, for the preaching of the gospel, you now expect that hmm, tomorrow pastor is getting a, a G class, a GL 500. Amen. After all, you know, the glory of the, you start quoting scripture. Then two years later, I'm still trekking. They now go and say it didn't work. That is a lie against the gospel. How can you say it didn't work? Did you see where the money was spent? 
The boy I paid the school fees, did he not graduate? No, answer me. Did he not graduate? The sick fellow in the hospital, did, did they not pay the bills? Was he not discharged? How can you tell me it did not work? What you call did not work is that I didn't get another car. I didn't, a car is not a seed. Please let me take a minute on that. It is a wrong gospel we have believed. Somebody said that if you give your car today, within five weeks, God will give you a better, give you a better one. Do you know many, many Christians have given like that? And 99% have gotten what? Nothing. nothing. Many have been discouraged and left the church. Yeah. I know why you don't hear about it. Let me ask you a question. If you are the one doing that kind of deal, 99% got nothing. Will you give them the microphone to testify? Praise the Lord. You didn't get anything. If 1% got something, you call it for, ah, brother John, give us a testimony. Praise the Lord. Last week, when Papa was preaching, and he said, give everything you have, like the widow of Zarephath. And I went to my wife and I talked, and then we went for the, to the money that we have saved to pay the children's school fees when the new term we start, and we just gave it. Praise God. And then, do you know, within a week, there's a job I did two years ago, they paid me finally. My wife, who has been looking for a business to do, she started selling beans. Amen. And at first, <laughs> why people laugh? His beans not good. And since then till now, she has sold 200 bags of beans. Amen. And then all the money we give, by the time we calculated it, we realized that God has given us more than four times that amount in just one month. And somebody said, turn to your neighbor, it's working. If you try that with coronavirus vaccine, nobody will bite. If one person is protected after injecting a hundred people, do you think they will, do you think Pfizer will sell anything? But you know, with us now, we just hide it. We, we amplify that one. We we'll behave like four one nine people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is why they say I cause problems. You know, I have that reputation. That's why they say I cause, because I tell the truth. You cannot tell me one person got result of a hundred and it's working. It's not working. Don't lie. And it's not supposed to work that way. That's the point I'm making. That's what I'm going to explain. God didn't promise it like that. Don't expect it like that. It's called godliness with contentment. If you find it's a just cost, you are spending all the money you kept aside on. Did it work? Yes. If they spent it the way they said they would, and you see the result, like I said the other day, the thing that God gives you as a blessing for your sacrifice is that your eye will see the result of the work of God. Not that you will get something in abundance back. So if somebody's walking by faith, that's what I'm making, allow the individual. If somebody didn't take my team, say he was believing God and he died, those who took him, where are they? Where are they? You think they are not dead? A friend of mine, the father was sick. When I say sick, a professor of medicine, the father. So the one of the father said, won't you go and see the doctor? Eh, he said, which doctor? This is a professor of medicine, a surgeon, a professor. He said, I want to go and see the doctor. He said, no. He said, one day he saw a, 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 a picture of a, a grave stone. And the man wrote on it, I was well. I wanted to get better. I went to see the doctor, see where I am now. Now, this is a doctor talking. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Did you catch what I said? Yes, sir. He's a doctor talking. The child said, go and see the doctor. Daddy, you're not feeling well. And the man said, leave me the way I am. I can manage. If I go and see the doctor, I may die. So, and it wasn't quoting faith, faith. It was talking from experience. Say, people, with the key people, by accident, I'm going to say something here. 
So don't ridicule people who say they are believing God. The only problem I have sometimes is I'm a bit um, skeptical if somebody starts believing God for the first time when things are bad. When things are good, you never believed him. All right? Even then, I still won't say anything. It's just in my mind, I'll be wondering, this is your faith. This is your faith. I'll be scratching my body. This is your faith, which I never discovered until you have this serious ailment. When you had headache, you didn't have it. When you were broke, you didn't have it. When you had abundance, another thing, because when you have abundance, your faith must also show. Sometimes only when God is, that, in fact, you see what I want to teach today, is only when things are bad we remember God. That's not real faith. Have faith in God constantly means that even when things are good, you remember him. For example, when things are good, you should be full of thanksgiving all the time. If I'm used to thanksgiving from your mouth, the day you tell me that you are believing God in the midst of a difficult situation, then I should be with you. Before you start advising Christians, have you seen the doctor? Ask him, have you prayed? Can we pray together? Which scripture are you declaring every morning? You don't know that is medicine? Which scripture are you declaring every morning? There are these two scriptures I love when it comes to matter of divine healing. You are talking to somebody. I like this one. I like this one. This one ministered to me many years ago when I was sick in this particular way and God helped me. Let the fellow eat the scriptures for a few days. If along the line, it now signs wise to go and see a doctor, then you go. It could be one way by which God wants to manifest healing. But the faith must first of all be in the Lord. Please, I hope you're getting my point. So what I'm trying to say, the major challenge is for us to really believe God. That's where I began from. And it's so important that we make a habit of trusting God all the time. Now, let, I said we should read somewhere, right? Or Matthew chapter 6, let me read from verse 25. He said, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will... Okay, let me, maybe I should back up again a bit. Let's start from verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth or mammon. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into bands, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow, they do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of them. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? That is when you are concerned about such things, then you are demonstrating the littleness of your faith. Do not worry then saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what we will wear for clothing. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Please bear that in mind. All right, I said she opened somewhere, right? 
Romans chapter 8. Yeah. Let's also read that Romans chapter 8. I want to bring this particular um, point out. Now, when I wanted to start teaching this evening, I had the thought in my mind that this, the topic I wanted to give it had to do with Thanksgiving. Then I realized that what I was planning to teach had to do with trusting in God and as a result of that being thankful all the time. So I don't know the exact topic I'll give this. Let's just tie everything together. So in it, there is Thanksgiving. In it, there is, you know, constant trusting in the Lord. If I those are just the, the two main things that um, I, I'm trying to bring out. Now in Romans chapter 8, it says, uh, which verse do we start from? Let's just start from verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now notice this. And we know. Somebody say, we know. know. Say it again, we know. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I'm going to stop reading here. We know is a matter of you know, instruction we have received. It's a foundational principle in our hearts that God causes all things to work together. Now, if you have a King James, it says all things work together for good. We have a new American standard here, and it says God causes all things to work together. And I think that that is a real sense, because New Living Translation says the same thing. That we know that God causes everything to work together. That is, in the beginning, the thing may not appear good. But God will make it work together for good. Now, who does he do that for? For those who do what? who love God and are called according to his purpose. Two things there. First of all, the love of God. What I'm trying to emphasize here is this. God said, he gave us instructions. He said, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. Now, why should we give thanks in everything? One, number one reason is simply because it is commanded. If God commands something, just trust him, obey it. But beyond just trusting him and obeying it, uh, and obeying it, I want us to also understand that actually he is, that thing is right. The reference says something. That the first response, if you truly believe the word of God, is thanksgiving. You will hear him when he will be teaching. He will say, he will explain something that God has said concerning his children. He will say, look, if you really believe that, you should give thanks. That is the first sign of faith that you are giving thanks. And we have established before that all God's provisions are where? In his promises. So every time you encounter a promise from God, the right response is thanksgiving. So when God says that in everything give thanks, for, to give thanks for all things unto God, when he gives those instructions, apart from the fact that they are direct instructions, they are actually right. But it is actually right to do it. One major reason why it is right to give thanks in everything, whether it appears good or bad, is what I'm trying to explain here. Alright? For us to just rest and know that actually God is watching out for our good. Let me explain this. The problem God has, is what I said at the beginning, is for people to actually trust him. I have found out, really starting from the scriptures and also from practical life, if you don't trust God, what happens is that you will put out your hand to the ark and you will spoil what he's doing. Did you hear what I said? 
If you don't trust God, what will happen as a result is along the line, you will spoil what he's doing. Be very careful when you are going out of the ordinary to affect the things that are happening around you. Many times it's a sign that you are not trusting God. Let me give an example. NYC, a simple example, NYC. Let us assume now that you are a final year student, or you are resuming school now in the next few weeks to go and finish your exams and collect your call-up letter to go for NYC. You can choose not to pray. <laughs> are you getting my point? I'm not saying you must pray. But let us assume you kneel down and you pray and say, Lord, I want to trust you concerning where I will serve. Now, in Nigeria, the time I served, all right, that was many years ago. Should I scare you by telling you when that was? No. Let me not oppress you. I won't tell you, all right? It's quite a while ago, really. It's quite a while ago. Okay, well, let me just tell you anyway. I served in, okay, you don't want to hear. Let me, let me leave it there. <laughs> okay, all right. I served in 92, 93, okay? Yeah, we first set of coppers that went to Taraba State, all right? Now, the, in our own time, and before then, you didn't decide, you, you had no imputes into where they sent you. Alright? You just waited. You just waited. In fact, I remember when my wife was going for NYSC. I woke up that morning, we're not married of course, but we're already planning to get married. So, I woke up that morning, I remembered her. And I just said, this young woman, they will send her to Undo State. Don't ask me. I'm not a prophet. It just came to my mind that day. I just said, this young woman, they will post her to Undo State. Now, naturally I'm from Undo State, alright? And um, so later in that evening, she called me and said, I've, um, I've gone to check my, I've collected my color plate or something. So I said, where were you posted? She said, guess, something like that. I said, on those state. She paused. She said, why did you say on those state? I said, am I right or am I wrong? Just answer me now. Her mind was like, this guy, you're, you're, <laughs> you're either a prophet or a wizard, one of the two. <laughs> I said, tell me now. She said, it's on those state. I said, hey, why did I know? That morning, I just remembered her. And my mind just said, they will post this young woman to Undo State. And exactly what happened. And it was very convenient for me. It was the will of God. <laughs> yeah, because the camp was in my hometown. <laughs> and the camp commandant was stayed in my father's house. <laughs> I'm not joking. Because... Well, we, we had these neighbors. They live in our house, all right? They live in another, you know, one of flats. And um, we grew up together. He, the guy who's my, like my, well, my mate there, really. We're not exactly the same age, but about the same. He was a military officer. He's a military officer. So when his friend was picked to be a camp commandant, so he told him to go and stay with his father. So the camp commandant was sleeping just in our compound there. So... That man just told the camp commandant that my neighbor's son is marrying one girl that's in your camp. So getting a pass to leave the camp was not an issue. I'm going now, camp commandant will personally issue the pass. So all soldiers move. <laughs> it was just, no, it was a beautiful arrangement. It was, it was, it was, you know, I just woke up that morning and I just thought she'll be sent to Ondo State. And that's exactly, I just needed to travel home. That's how she met my parents. So there was no special trip arranged. She just left the camp. Commandant said, you can go, you know, and she went. That's how she met my parents. All right? And the Lord is good. So those days, in our own days, you didn't choose. You just waited. And on those days, for my wife was nice, right? 
For me, there was no woman calling me in the morning to say, I hear you go to Tarawa State. No. <laughs> that is, I went to check and they told me I've been posted to Taraba State. When I came home, my mother said, where were you posted? I said, Taraba State. She had never heard Taraba in her life. Now, that's not an exaggeration. I'm not joking. She did not know there was a state in Nigeria called Taraba. It had just been created. She's in western Nigeria. Taraba is northeast. That time, there was Gongola. Gongola was caught into Adamawa and Taraba. It had just been created maybe a few months before then. So, for somebody in southwestern Nigeria, the new state created in northeastern Nigeria is not really your problem. So I told my mother I was posted to Taraba State. She said, Taraba, where is that? I said, Gongola. <laughs> that was what she was used to. And oh God, depression set on her instantly. Just by the way, always, always be the light. You are the light of the world. What am I saying so? My mother sat and said, so what are we going to do? I said, what are we going to do? What are we? I was like, are we going together? What is a we? <laughs> There's no we in this matter. I just said to her, what are we going to do? I am going in, I am packing, and I'm going to camp. That was it. I said, God will bless me there. I just said to her straight, I said, no, 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 no. There's no, I, so when you say, we, what are we going to do? I am going to pack. I am carrying my bag. I don't know whether it was the next day or two days later. Of course, I needed to get direction on how to get there. People gave us advice here and there. To my mother, bye-bye, she tried to persuade me to write. There, was no, there were no phones then. When I would get there, I refused. She begged and begged. I Look, if I want to be stubborn, I can't be, but actually it was for good. She begged that I should write. I said, I'm not writing. She begged, and I refused. Do you know why? It was for her peace of mind's sake. Because as soon as I got there, I wrote. I got home before the letter. <laughs> yeah, I came back home before the letter. I was the one that picked the letter from the box. And I knew it would happen. So when she didn't, she wouldn't get any letter, at least let her be at rest that this boy is too stubborn. Eh? He's too stubborn. He won't write. Rather than say, thinking that he wrote, or he could not write. He's dead. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, now I've left my, I was trying to say. So those days we couldn't. So what you did was you prayed ahead of time. And then God works out things. And I remember something my wife said then. We're not married, of course. I, I was talking on the phone one day. So I said, where would we like to go for NYC? She just said, I don't know. I just want to be where God wants me to be. I remember that statement. So I just want to be where God wants me to be. I said, okay. I can't remember what I would pray about it. You know, the two of us on the phone, I can't remember. She was in Benin, I was in Lagos. But God picked, picked that. And it turned out, physically speaking, good. In fact, she didn't serve in Ondo State at the end of the day. What happened is she found it hard to get a place of primary assignment. And she had this uncle that was a military general. He was in Abuja then. So one day he came home and he mentioned, he just mentioned along the line that, ah, she's having issues. Ah, she just said, he just said, why? So he went back to Abuja, went to the NYC place and told them to redeploy her. You know, those soldiers were in power and it was a military general. So he said, they should redeploy her. So they sent her to Lagos. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Now, he, he did that not for my sake, but he wanted her to go and stay in his place. Right? He, he, had, a, of course, he had a house and a business in Lagos. He said, oh, let her go and stay in Lagos. So, he, from Abuja, I just sent another call up, a redeployment letter. He had the muscle. I mean, he was a military man. 
So they did apply her to Lagos. From Lagos, we, of course, we got married while NYC was still going on. And in fact, after we came back from Benin from the, for the wedding, she had to go to, of course, she came straight to my place and went back to his house to go and pack the rest of her things because she had been staying there for some months. Now, so that's what, how that one happened. I'm just trying to bring out an issue here that she just said to me then, I just want to be where God wants me to be. Now, these days, and I was going to give an illustration. These days, people are allowed to choose, is it about three or four options? Three. Okay, somebody said four. Whether it's five or six, whatever. But let's assume you pick a number of options. So whether you are not allowed, to, you are not allowed to choose at all, or this modern day when you are allowed to, you pick your options. God will not be angry if you have a personal desire as one of the three. Are you getting my point? This is where I was going. When I said, be careful. Don't just take your hands out to go and scatter what the Lord is doing. Then, what I did, what we did, most of us who believed like this, that, those days, was you prayed ahead of time. And we had this principle in our fellowship in school. Once you prayed like that, you take whatever they give you. It was seen as unbelief to try and alter anything. Even the one I was telling you about my wife being redeployed, she never tried. Her uncle just came home to see her parents, and in the course of gist, asked after her, and they told her the challenges she's having. And the man said, no, that why should that be a problem? No, no, I will send her to Lagos. It was a decision he made by himself. She, they didn't discuss it with her. Amongst us, then, we just felt that if you've left it for God, leave him now. Leave him now. What's your problem? Just leave it. So we usually make up our minds ahead of time. We will pray. We will declare the word. If you had a desire, you can ask God for it. But we just used to have this habit. Whatever they do, and then let me say something about faith. I was going to say that earlier. Life just, you know, you have, your life has to have some risk. What's wrong with you? Your life has to have some risk. You can't just think and you plan everything. You can't, you can't. So I used to tell people that it's just for one year. Are you getting my point? I mean, you're young. It's just those days. That was our mentality. It's just for one year. Why can't I just relax for this one year? For many reasons, federal government saw it in their wisdom to allow people, all right, to make some choices. Now, so you make that choice. You can just make up at the end of the day, God. These are the ones I have there. If they go outside this, I'll know it's you. What if, what if what? It's one year. It's one year of what if you die? People don't die. You know the funny thing? Let me tell you something about death so you understand it. Don't fear it. Two reasons why you shouldn't fear it. When I say don't fear it, like try and run away from it because it has a way of catching people where they think they are safe. One of our brothers, he, I never met him, used to write us as a military man. He was fighting in a, fighting Boko Haram in, in Bono State. So he wrote one long letter to us once. I read the letter. I, I personally replied him. And so he used to write once in a while. He was a military officer. And he was fighting. I mean, some of his colleagues, his men, they've been killed. I mean, I hope you know that book around thing is real war. It wasn't just a police action. It's war. So one day, so it's, of course, we were in communication like that for months. Then one day sent me an, a, a, a mail that he's been posted. He has been there for a while. So he's been, that he's been posted out. And they posted him to Western Nigeria now. Do you know he died on his way out of Middle Green? In a car accident. That when Pastor Corey told me, he said, have you heard? Heard what? Ah, I shed tears. It was so painful. Now, what was striking about it is that he was for a long time going to the war front. 
bullets whizzing past, past his ears, knocking some of his guys out. And nothing. And then the day we rejoice that he has left the danger zone. 40 minutes after leaving Medugori, he died. That's what I mean by death. Eh? Don't fear it. Don't fear poverty too. Poverty too, they, they, they pursue people, catch them where they don't expect. You did, I mean, you are in Enugu, you are struggling. The problem is that you, are, you have only a two bedroom flat and your mates in America are living in mansions. Don't worry. And your car is old. Since we did like every month for tuning and rechecking. Okay, so you are whining that if only can get, okay, shit, you don't collect the visa, have you? Go now. Christians don't understand that if God says you will not prosper, you won't. May God not turn his eye against somebody. If God shuts up the heaven against an individual, you will sit in front of billion dollar like this. God said you can't take, you can't touch one. And you you you'll be amazed. Tell your friend, for the last three years, now I did here. One never entered my hand. That one like this hasn't touched my hand. You'll be amazed. And you will see the whizzing past every day. Phew, phew, phew. Because they sit down here. Look. Life is not a, ch- a game of chance. Now I keep saying that. Then. Whatever you want in life, just get on your knees. You know? I don't know why I say this. Late at night, when everybody has slept, wake up and kneel down and talk to the Lord. Don't, because many times we scott what God is trying to do. We do it because of anxiety. Especially because we don't understand he's doing something. Especially because we don't understand he's doing something. I gave a testimony now of my wife being posted to Undo State for NYC. And it sounded good, right? But if I tell you my own testimony, there's nothing good to sound in it. I didn't enjoy that one year for anything. Oh, that my Taraba State. Nonsense experience. I, 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 I look back, I still dislike that one year. The only reason I'm not complaining is faith. I'm saying so, so that we realize, it's not that every time you trust God, things will just go like you. Yeah, you, praise God. I all believe God. <laughs> and the money began to fall. <laughs> There's one music my wife listens to. First time I heard her play it, what made it bad was that the first portion of it I heard says that like, God, I like the way you have been blessing me. It's money everywhere, contract everywhere. I said nonsense. <laughs> I, I told her, I said, nonsense. And I, I said, my friend, get away. <laughs> one day we now went to see her parents. So one of her cousins was in the compound. He had this um, Bluetooth, real heavy, heavy speakers. The guy was blasting the music early in the morning. But this one, he played it from the beginning. And you know, when you play on a mobile phone and you play on something that has a real woofer, they don't sound exactly the same. Yes. So I didn't know it was the same song. I just was, I was still sleeping that morning. Well, I was awake, but I was in the room. So I heard somebody outside walking. The guy was cleaning cars and um, he was playing that music. Ah, so I called him to boy, what is that? You know, the first was worshipping. I was worshipping the Lord. I said, man, this is correct music. My wife looked at him like, what? <laughs> So I begged the guy, please, can I have that music? My wife said, but this is the thing I play every day. They abuse me every day when they play this thing. What just happened was the first time she played it, 
The first thing I heard was, God, you have been so good to me. I like the way you have been doing me. Money everywhere. Promotion everywhere. And I said, rubbish. I, I was so angry. I said, why do Christians deceive themselves like this? That you think it's only when there's money everywhere that God is, you like what, sometimes God doesn't do you money everywhere. You will, you will, you will see broke everywhere. Demotion in many places. There are times you will look. I say, God, hello, it's me. <laughs> because you are convinced he has forgotten. You want to introduce yourself. Bankole. You know, that, that, you know, born again, you know, I gave my life to Christ. <laughs> you want to remind him. Yeah, that day they were praying. I was the one that they lay hands on to be filled. I fell down. If you remember that, I hit my head on that chair. You want to introduce yourself like, I believe in you. What's going on? Ah, once I was in Lagos, I, I, I almost cried that day. I was perpetually broke. When I see people in the countries, but I always look at them. You know, I, I've been, there was a time I was perpetually broke. You know what they call perpetually broke? Okay, wasn't, I wasn't perpetually, perpetually broke, but I was perpetually broke. I usually would be on broke for a week after they pay salaries. So, by the second week, money don't low. By the end of the second week, I was flat broke. So I developed one wisdom to buy food in the first week. That was one. I was also, if you get what I mean by perpetually broke, I was always broke. I was always broke. I was just always broke. In the midst, and I became broke partly because of the Lord. You know, there are times you are broke because of yourself. There are times you are broke for God, broke for Christ's sake. Let me explain what I mean. I had this night job I used to do that was paying me nine thousand naira a month. Now, value of naira at that time was different. Okay, but don't think it was fantastic money. All right, I always tell people that smallest TV you could buy at that time. Was fifteen thousand naira, fifteen inch box color TV was fifteen thousand. All right, so one whole salary. I was working in the teaching hospital, wasn't wasn't anything. So I was being paid six thousand naira a month. That was my regular salary. But in the evening and weekends, there was one clinic I used to cover, and they used to pay nine thousand. So that brought my income to what fifteen thousand naira a month. Now, the problem was that two of I used to work two weekends a month, which meant I couldn't go to church two weekends. In a month, how many weekends are there in most months? Four. So I said, Banky, man of God, if your brethren here say you know the good church, what would they even think? And you're planning to be a minister. Does it make sense? And of all, you know, I used to work in the evening. So midweek service, zero. So basically, this man of God was going to church how many times a week? A month? Twice. So one day I sat down and I reasoned. And there was a time I fell sick. And it was the anointing of the Holy Spirit that I used to get well. So I knew it was distress and everything. So one day I sat down. And I said, no, I can't continue like this. For the sake of Christ, not for my sake. Because I love the Lord. I wanted to, I want to put the blame on God. That's what I'm saying of this, I'm saying. I want you to know that it's for the love of Christ. It wasn't for myself. So, so that Christ will hear it and feel bad. Somebody never do that kind of thing before. They want you that they are suffering because of you. So I, that's what I'm saying. So I want Christ to remember. He won't forget. So he can bless me. You know the way Christians reason. <laughs> so that day, I just made up my mind it's not right. So I got up, wrote a resignation letter for the job that was paying me 9000 to go and be managing the one that was earning only 6000 I dropped my income in one day from 15000 naira a month to 6000 naira a month. 
That was why I was perpetually broke. Because of our Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's the one. I did it for him. For the love of God. <laughs> Do you get my point? So you know what God did for me? Ah, doors opened. I began to get money like this. 5,000 here, 10,000 here, 50,000 here. <laughs> Next one year, and I swear I, I was perpetually broke. I was, I think it was when I got married that God finally prospered me small so that my wife too would not join. Ask her, when we met, I was still broke. Because now, you know this actual strike that they are doing now? We did our own like that. Five months, no salary. And there was nothing that they paid you after. Oh, sit down there. <laughs> no, what, why do I like telling this story? You know, people think that when you do something for the Lord, you just, this is Jesus, why I know. He was the one that sent Moses to the wilderness and he kept him there for 40 years. He was still a shepherd. Many of us think that when you go into the wilderness according to the instruction of God, amen, praise God, the place is going to turn right now into a garden of Eden. Ha. You have brought the anointing of God right here. That's it. Mm-hmm. I'm not in a hurry. This one, I say. <laughs> Listen to me. Moses was there for 40 years until he gave up. He said, I'm not doing it again. Go and read what the Bible says. Stephen was talking about that he was a man mighty in word. By the time God called him, he was already stammering. It isn't a joke. When you don't shout after sheep, sink for sheep inside wilderness, your voice don't crack. He was frustrated. When God called him to go, he said to the Lord, I can't. Why can't you go? I'm slow of speech. Because, okay, I will send a prophet to go with you. Your brother will be your prophet. He said, no, what? You can't find a younger person. Do you know how old I am? You know, he complained until God got angry. God got tired of his... The guy was looking for... It was when he saw the... And when God is angry, I the blaze. Like if you and God, they talk now. Cool breeze will be blowing. When he gets angry, you hear an explosion. You see fire. Your gas will explode. Just say, Lord, I hear thee. I agree. When fire erupted in front of Moses, he knew that he had to stop arguing. He was so frustrated, he wasn't willing to go again. It was the zeal of God made him kill somebody. Obedience to God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, it was not because of the fear of Pharaoh. It was because of faith that he came into the wilderness. There was nothing for him there. What many of us would think. So don't think that uh, because I said God located me. And then why is I first gave you the story of my wife and you saw the blessing in it. Listen to my own story. There was nothing like that. I told the Lord for a long time. One day you will explain to me what that year was about. The only thing I know it did for me is that when I came back to Lagos, when I came, well, not back to Lagos, when I came back to the south and I went to Lagos, it made me so hungry. I was so hungry for the word that every, I didn't know Lagos. I was not a Lagos boy. All right? I didn't go to Lagos all my life until I graduated from university. So I was not a Lagos boy. But when I came to Lagos that time, I used to go on the wall. I see a poster. I will copy the address. I'll be asking people, how do I get here? Me, that was a JJC in Lagos. I'll come back home almost 12 midnight. Because we're coming from a satellite town. Where half of the Lopotefe, well, now his wife runs the ministry. Because he died about um, two years after that. Or year, yeah, about two years after that. Where he had them, the, 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 the church. So all the way from Satellite Town, coming back, jump from one bus to another, finally get back home almost 12 midnight. I didn't know Lagos. 
That's the only, that's the only thing I personally can take out of that. That it sent me back hungry. That if I go to church, you know this way they carry books put outside, Bibles. That, that's why I arrive in the church. It's those people that put books outside that I'm first picking. Picking the ones I've not read. I used to buy books until I would have to trek back home. I'm not exaggerating what I'm telling you. Those they will go to um, Palm Grove, go to uh, Ify Music and um, uh, The Cross. And the Cross was in, I think, um, anyway, a number of them we used to go to. You will buy a book, buy a book. When you look, check. The money is almost finished. Then you check the distance. 30 minutes, you get back home now. You spend, it, <laughs> spend the last money, buy the book, carry and start trekking. I mean, if you remove, because if you remove the transport money, that book will not enter. You just go check it. I can't trek. It's not so bad. You give them the money and start walking home. That was one thing it did for me. But I'm going to emphasize something here. So don't think that when we say all things are working together for good, it will feel like that. Oftentimes it doesn't. Oftentimes it doesn't. Oftentimes it does. It just will not be able to understand what good happened here. I hope you're getting my point. But you know what? We still have to give thanks. Why? Because we know. Somebody say we know. We know. We know. know. It doesn't have to feel like it. We just know. We know. That all things work, God is making all things work together for good. Even if it was bad. This is the power of resurrection. This is the wisdom of God. At the end of the day, the beauty of your life, in fulfillment, the assignment, the destiny of God for you, you will look, it will look as if it's not possible without the negative side. That's what we want to say, we know. We know, we know. And that is why we give God thanks all the time. That's why we give God thanks all the time. That is the reason why we give God thanks. Because as a matter of fact, he's working in our lives every day. He's working in our lives every day. I pray we'll be able to relax and let him. The problem in life is that, oh God, the world sets standards, they set precepts before us, and we'll keep on placing them before God that he should do it this way. When this man came to town the other day, Joshua Selman, I went for one of the meetings. That was last, which day was that now? Yeah, that was last week. That was on Friday. Yeah, Friday. I went for the one in Old Path. At the point, he was praying. Of course, he was praying for people. At the point, I said, if you need a job here, put up your hand. I couldn't believe what I saw. I think 85%, apart from the old men and people like me there, almost everybody put up their hands. I was sitting in front, you know, like I could see from where I was sitting, I could see the whole congregation. All right, because they put me in front and on this particular side. So I could see everywhere. When they say, if you need a job, put up your hand. I said, what? This number of people are not working? Who told me at the end of the day, they say, no, 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 it's not like that, sir. They are working. They don't like what they are doing. I said, okay. And it was Jonathan. We were talking at the end of the day when we came out. Because I was shocked. When I saw the number of people that needed jobs. I was like, no, no, something's going on. No, when they say unemployment, this unemployment in Nendugu must be 95%. That's what I thought until we came out and I discovered some of our brethren. And one of them said, oh God, leave that thing. It is not that they don't have work. They don't like what they are doing. When Joshua Selman said what he said, what they were hearing that, uh-huh, they have certain jobs they have keyed as the way forward. And they put up their hand that they should pray down into their lives. It doesn't, it didn't cross their mind that the one I'm doing right now, is God's assignment for today. 
Once I went for my local convention, I was sitting down minding my business. Some people were talking behind, minding their business. Then one said to another, where are you working now? I mean, maybe shortly after his NYC or stuff, and he said, I don't have a job yet. I'm just managing a school. I didn't know when I turned. You know, like I said, I was, I was minding my business. <laughs> and they were talking, minding their business. I immediately turned around and made their business my business. And I looked at the brother. I was so, you know, I was vexed in my spirit. I said, and you don't call that a job. How will God anoint you to function there? How will God make you a blessing there? Somebody said, I, where you work? And I said, I don't have a job yet. I'm just managing. By that statement, you have withdrawn grace. By that statement, you have withdrawn divine ability. By that statement, you have said to God, don't go with me. Don't manifest your grace there. Don't manifest your power. Don't. Don't. Because it is not my job. How should a Christian have reacted? Oh, I thank God. He has given me an assignment that I'm doing right now. I teach in this particular school. Let me add more words. I impart the spirit of excellence there. I am a blessing to the owners of the institution and to the children that are working there. I'm a blessing to my co-workers. That's where I am. I will be until God says it's time to move forward. People think it's every time that God will come and say, okay, because you have been a faithful child, I increase your salary. You don't know. (laughs) This will make you laugh. You don't know physically speaking. God demotes people. And his promotion as far as he's concerned spiritually. Who was more prosperous? Now, answer my question directly. There's no catch in it. Which one was closer to the throne? Potiphar's house or prison? That's for Joseph. No, closer. That is on his way to the throne. Which one was closer? Which Bible did I read? Which one was closer to the throne on his way? Prison. Thank you very much. Prison. Prison. Which one looked more prosperous outside? Potiphar's house. Question I want to ask you. Who sent Joseph? From, now, look from above, not from beneath. Who sent Joseph out of Potiphar's house to prison? Was it Mrs. Potiphar? She meant it for evil. God meant it. God had a meaning for it. God meant it for good. Did it look good? Let's tell ourselves the truth. There's no catch. Did it look good? In fact, without even you know now, if I give the option, you go go. <laughs> me, I know go go. And let's forget this. Thing. I know go go. I will, I will tell the Lord, I'm not sure that's where you're carrying me to, so leave that. Thing. What I mean is that <laughs> I'm not sure we are going the way of Joseph. Maybe now, suffer, one man won't suffer, die there now. <laughs> it's true now. But we know. Somebody say, we know. We know. Say, we know. we know. Say it again, we know. we know. We know that that prison worked together for good. Because now we tell the complete, not the incomplete, the complete story. When we look at the complete story now, we know, we know that that was God's stepping stone. Physically speaking, it looked like it went down. But spiritually speaking, it was actually a higher step towards the throne. And the throne was not a place of enjoyment, it was just a place of destiny. Place of fulfillment of God's assignment. So if he had our scriptures, when they wouldn't let him speak, he will know that it is possible to be silent before the sharers, like a sheep. He wanted to talk, they said no. 
They locked him up in prison. It didn't sound nice. But if he understood the scriptures that we understand now, he would have spent the first night giving thanks. Nothing wrong with feeling bad, but just end it with thanksgiving. Lord, I don't know what I'm doing here. At least one thing I can look back on and I'm sure of is that for the love of God, I got here. I hope you're getting my point. Why did I get here? I was being invited into iniquity and I said no. That's how I got into this particular situation. Like my pastor would say those days, I quote all the time, what is the will of God? He said, do the right thing. Whatever the consequences is the will of God. So if you ask Joseph, how are we sure this is the will of God concerning you? He said, I got here by doing what is right. And since Satan doesn't have control over my life, it has to be the will of God. Listen to me, people of God, even if I don't come out among the throne in the process. Because we keep on thinking that it always ends like it ended for Joseph. It does not always end like that. It doesn't always end like that. That's why the other time I spoke about how patience works. Living beyond your generation. You understand? I explained it that you have to identify what a patient work is in your life. And that's where you end it. That is, you identify the work and you start doing it. You do it and do it and do it. Let God use it to do whatever he wants to do. This idea of I do something, God will not reward me with material blessing has killed a lot of people's faith. They become discouraged. After working with God, in quote, according to them for 10 years, they now start getting tired. They can't make any sacrifice again. Because every sacrifice, every, every sacrifice they made before, they were told it's for something that is coming. I mean, for goodness sake, I've been making sacrifices now for 20 years. Nothing has come. When will it now come? My friends did not make the sacrifices. You understand? They used their labor like Esau. Look at what they have gotten. I've been sacrificing for God. He hasn't given me anything. That gospel is so terrible. That, that teaching is not a gospel. It's another gospel. It's so terrible. It undermines the faith of Christians. It does. Remember, God caused all things to work together for good. To them that do what? Love God. You have to bear that in mind. Because many people, they don't love God. They love themselves. They are using God. That's what it is. And many of the... Listen, I keep on talking to preachers. God will soon shut you down. If you teach people, you continually teach people to use God rather than love him, he will soon shut you down. He will shut your ministry down. He will remove a platform from you. Because most of the time, I watch TV, people are preaching. They are teaching people to be God users, not God lovers. And God does not make all things work together for good to them that use him. It's for them that truly love him. They truly love him. They are doing it because it is a thing that makes God glad. They get their satisfaction from the fact that God is pleased with what they've done. I preach this so much, eh? I feel like that's what I was called to preach. For people to stop thinking that when they do something for God, it's an investment for their own earthly reward. It is not. So you can give. God is not under any obligation to give money back to you. He is not under any obligation to give money back to you. This nonsense of if I give in dollars, I receive in dollars is a lie. He, that's why I tell Christians, eat your money if that's what you want. If your soul can be happy eating your money alone, you're a sinner. So enjoy your sin. I don't know whether you, you catch, you caught what I said there. Because if I give you the liberty to eat your money, I say, hey, if I eat it, nothing will happen. He said, nothing will happen. And you actually like eating all by yourself. You should know you're a wicked soul. Your offerings were never accepted. They were never acceptable to the Lord. They are offerings of wickedness. God looks at the heart before he checks whether he will accept your offering or he won't. 
So they give you the opportunity to eat your money by yourself and you eat it all by yourself and you're happy like that. Good. You're a sinner. We have identified you. And you have been given offerings for the last 10 years. Let me tell you, it was never, not one was acceptable. Not one. I know you are not happy to hear it. Not one was acceptable. But there are those, you will say to them, if you like, eat your money all by yourself. And they will say, thank you very much. But they will turn around and say, my brother is hungry. Let's go and eat. Do you understand? Ah, my pastor should take a cup of water. For preaching the gospel all over the place. They give him. Ah, this is our church roof. Now we go fix them now. They put money together. Honor your father and your mother. Ah, my father, before he dies, he must eat my money now. I hope you're getting my point. And they do those things even though they have been told they can eat their money all by themselves. Listen to me. They are the ones people, they are the kind of people that God blesses. Because they are not, they are not looking out for the blessing. But you know the truth? We're talking about trusting God. Even we pastors, to trust God, they had also. Yeah. I've seen pastors panic because they forgot to take offering before church began to scatter. <laughs> they didn't take the offering. People don't begin to go now. And you, and you look at pastors, they just shake their heads. Eh? But you, you can't inspire faith in people. You obviously don't believe anything yourself. You obviously don't believe anything yourself. You still think that what you will get is how much you can excite people to drop money on a Sunday. That is what the church needs. You obviously don't believe anything. You, that's why you don't inspire faith in anybody. That's why you don't inspire faith in anybody because you obviously don't believe anything yourself. What am I saying? You know what is why I keep on giving God thanks? We know. We know. If we just truly love God, He's working on every detail of your life. He's working on every, every detail. I found out many of the strategies they tell us. <laughs> oh God, one of the greatest revelations I've come to grasp in the last few weeks. Well, let me say in the last year thereabout. Even though we've known it peripherally for some time, but really grasp it well. Is that God says, listen, that thing I gave you to do, stop looking at it for money. Oh, I pray you. Anyway, one day God will help you understand it. It's one revelation that has, mm, that has helped me. And from my personal experience, it's also, it's been like that too. That look, stop looking at that thing that you are doing as if it is God. Just be faithful in whatever I place in your hands. Just be faithful. Why am I saying this? You know, God is arranging every fine detail of our lives. And the problem is that many of us scuttle them. Scuttle his plan. What do I mean? Why I said what I said earlier. This is what I mean. The world teaches us, arrange your life like this, then God, they didn't say God anyway, then prosperity will come. And then we spend a lot, you see, most of these trainings Christians go for, I dare to say it's pure unbelief. How to plan their finances, how to plan their future, investment strategies. I didn't say all. I said what? Most. Because almost all of them I've seen, we teach them to be very careful. But one of the marks of faith is to be faithful and careless. I'm not joking about that. What did I say? Faithful concerning money and God's assignment, careless with your life. 
When he says, take no thought for the morrow, he meant it like that. Real Christianity, the truth is that we undermine it every day. We undermine true Christianity every day. Your assignment is just be faithful. Train yourself in faithfulness. No matter how careless you look concerning your life, don't worry about it. God is arranging what will come to you. As a matter of fact, how you react to disappointment is one of the signs of faith. Reaction to disappointment is a sign of faith. You applied for a job, that job is good. Look, if you just got that job, you know, there's a way we, we stylishly we, we entice God. We want to, you know, want to entice God. God, the first month's salary, you know now. The second, first month is to say to my parents, and the second month, full, complete. That one, second fruit. So, <laughs> it's for you. That is like, I give it to the church. The third one, so the man of God that prays that gospel that day. You know what you're trying to do? Trying to persuade God to bring the job. Let me just tell you ahead of time, he doesn't listen. Okay, then. He doesn't listen. I will say it again. You know, <laughs> I know what I'm saying is not what you hear every day. I know. I, I'm, I'm used to it. They don't take and abuse me before, so it's not in. In fact, I'm beginning to enjoy it. No, no I'm not because I've been enjoying it for some time. I enjoy the madness. It doesn't entice God. God, I will give you first month salary. God said, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. If I needed money, you are the last person I went to inform. If I needed money, this was a money B. I can turn the whole of the whole of mass to gold and make people want it and be, I mean, be scrambling for it. Sometimes we want to stylishly. Entice God. Say, God, you, there's something in need for you now. If you can drop this one, you believe God will sow seed, the result will come out. And you see, the first guy, you know that guy is a liar. In fact, half of the documents he used to apply is fake. But they gave him the job. You know. The other guy, hmm, you never see a daughter or fornicator like him. He got the job. And you're wondering, where is my God? Because you know you're a holy man of God. The third guy, he doesn't even have faith like you at all. He's a Muslim. The fifth one is a Hindu. That other guy is an atheist. He, say, he says there is no God. He doesn't say it in his heart. He says openly. He laughs at you. God gave him a job and you're looking. When you were praying for the job, he was laughing. And so you just assume that God would disgrace you. <laughs> and to your amazement, God did not disgrace anybody apart from you. Let me just quickly solve that for you. It's not your job. You are the one that's just so caught up by it. It's the salary that's enticing you. And that is the reason why God didn't give you. Because he has planned something better for you. When men were holding up to earthly cities, his men went to look for an eternal city. And they were moving from in the wilderness from one tent to another. People were prosperous, living big at that time. 
He extracted them and said, go and look for another city whose, founder, whose builder, whose designer and builder is God. At that point in time, it was not physically palpable. People couldn't touch it. That's what I mean when I say the world has taught us. So we saw our seeds for what we can see. Our prayer, our prayer points are for things that we can see. So when we don't get them, we are disappointed. You know what? You know what I'm teaching this evening? Somebody say, we know. We know. Say it again, we know. we know. God is making all things work together for my good. That's what he said. For your good, he's making all things. Not those things that look nice. One brother <laughs> came to me once. He said, Pastor Banke, that was long ago. He'd applied for visa three times. And they had denied him. And I said, you are still, you are still applying. You know, there are times, you know, stubbornness and faith are two different things. Though. Stubbornness and faith are two different things. First time my wife wanted to go to the UK. My Akinlu was a little boy at that time. She was, I mean, he had to be carried. It was not up to a year, if I remember. <laughs> she went to Abuja for the, for the visa interview. It was in the British Embassy. By the time, I felt insulted, you know? When the guy who interviewed her finished. When you told me what the guy said, I felt, ins- no, the guy insulted me. That she could not prove that there's no proof that the person who gave her invitation letter and her, they are related. I said, you know, I don't blame you. Where you come from, they, your brains don't work. There are two women, both married. Why would they still have the same surname? Country we come from, we change our names when we marry somebody. The guy said he, didn't, he was not convinced. And that the money she had, it didn't look big. So it looks like uh, she, when she gets to UK now, she'll look for work to do. I said, my wife look for work to do in UK. When you vote, you decrease. <laughs> I, I felt insulted, honestly. Either his, his calculator was not working. I don't know. I don't know how. The guy just do. I made up my mind. And my wife said, he will get up at the time, go in, come out. Obviously, he was not experienced. So, when my wife came out from there, called the sister. That, that one listen, you, the one that gave her the invitation letter. And I said, no, that she, she, she's going to go to the listing and write an appeal. So, tell, I tell my wife, what? Over what? Is it heaven we are going here? I said, yeah, take the next flight and come. She said, no, she's feeling very bad. That the money she has already spent, and she didn't get the visa. So, she didn't want to go and enter, spend money on another flight. I said, you're not going to enter a road because they're not giving visa. Which kind of life is that? You understand? You want to console who now? <laughs> Yourself or me? I said, the time is not ripe. I beg, come home. I said, come home. The time is not ripe. Next time you are going, I'll give you 2,000 pounds cash. Blowing the guy's nose. <laughs> that day, I still remember very well. I felt, when you told what the guy said, I felt insulted that you not get respect. Just deny visa. May not insult the woman join. Just deny visa. Of course, next time she came, when the time was ripe, I don't, I don't know what, what the next person just look, 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 quang, 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 go. After that, I don't think, she, you have never been denied any visa since that time. No, never. For the first time she went to, to the U.S. Embassy for their visa. So that one, I spent a whole night printing paper, carry bank, bank stamps, stamp, just to prove, you know, all those kind of things. 
How did it happen? Say the, the, the person interview just looked. How many children do you have? Say yes. Are you planning to have more children? Maybe in the U.S. She said no. All right. Interview was one minute. Collect this and they go. You know why? The time was right. So people go day day day. You know the fact. Did we pray? But I can't remember praying about some things. Saying, in the name of Jesus, I receive this visa. I call it to be Hakazoko Shantahayabo visa. Ah, this we waiting. It's because you think God lives abroad. That's all. I told you the first time I went to American Embassy, I was on my way out when it, it hit me that I had not asked God for it. I was, I was, I was already out. I said, Lord, Lord, I've not talked to you about this thing. So I came back, closed my door, and stood beside the bed. I said, Lord, just for the records, I'd like them to grant this. I'd really like to go for this course. That was the only prayer I prayed about it. I had, listen, everything was ready. I was on my way out of my hotel room where I stayed in Abuja. Like I said, look, live your life carelessly. All this one of uh, praying proper, you sow seed, you tie with anointing oil, you carry man to squeeze it. Why? <laughs> you know why I behaved the way I did? Because I didn't care. If I reached there that day, and the lady said, sorry, I said, give me my paper. I didn't go to my house, waiting. Then they drive me. They're not driving me. Nobody's chasing me away from where I'm coming. I told, I've told this story many times. That The lady interviewed me that first time. She looked at me like, like, which kind of Nigerian is this one? Because my account was near empty. I had a total of less than $1,000, which was there by accident. I, I like to tell the story. My account balance that time was 30,000 naira. Naira was going for, dollar was like 100 to 120. Can't remember for sure. Calculate that one. Yeah, yeah, it was more than 120. It was about 120. It was when I went to print my second bank statement, which was zero. And I saw a balance of 70,000. And I didn't know how it got there. Then one banker made me take the credit. I looked at the name. I didn't recognize the name. Where the money came from. So that's how come my balance was 100,000 naira. And I got there, I gave it to the woman. They look, she looked at me. She couldn't believe it. Say, I said, what is the problem? I said, your balance. I said, what is wrong with you? He said, it's too low. I said, huh? they pay salary there. Man, don't spend that. Wait. Let me tell you, God is my witness. My exact words were, my exact words were, the money was paid in there and I have spent it. Those were my exact words. I said, you ask whether it's a salary account. I said, it's a salary account. I just earn money through it. The money has been spent. And I told the woman, I said, I could have beefed up the account to impress. I'm giving my exact words. I said, I could have beefed up that account to impress. I said, but what would be the point? I just came to show this is where I work. This is how they pay my salaries into. Those were my exact words. You know why? I didn't care whether you denied me or not. And the woman had denied everybody before me. The young lawyer sitting beside me that day, when they called me to go and see that woman, he was alarmed. And I told him, I remember, I said, I said, what? I turned to the young guy. So the one they just called me like, next? And it was me. He said, ah. I remember, as I was getting, I was like, wait. Relax. And I told him, watch. I told him, I said, watch this. Do you know why? The truth is that I didn't care whether I lived or died in that context. The faith that rigidly holds, in the name of Jesus, you know, give me visa or you like <laughs> That is the one that has a problem. No, that is the one that has a problem. 
Yeah, and the woman started playing after that. Of course, she said, okay, pick up your business. I said, I said can I tell you something? So we've been looking at you, we've been denying everybody. He said, the people are not genuine, that they are not genuine. They lie. You know, she was saying, I said, but I didn't know. He said, she just looked at me and said, this guy, this guy is a genuine human being. Why? You know the truth? My spirit didn't care. I told after, after the first one week, I drew a calendar. I was ticking up every day before I come, go back home. Because I left my wife and my two little, how many of them did I leave at home? Yeah, three. Little, little kids. Somebody will leave wife and children and go abroad. You can't travel for three years. You're, you're crazy. That's the only thing I have to tell you. I don't know what's wrong with your head. Not seeing my wife for how long? That, I was there for about five weeks. Ah, it was the longest five weeks of my life. As far as I was concerned. I was taking it every day. You know what I mean? One week to go back home. Six days I go take. <laughs> Serious. Let me tell you something about living, you know, tr- really trusting God. Sometimes you really don't care whether you live or die. Real faith is not, no, I'm sure, I'm sure. Nothing will go wrong. Sometimes faith is just, <laughs> let it go wrong. What will happen? Let it go wrong. Uh-huh. So I don't get the job. What will happen? Eh? I'll go back to my car wash. What's wrong with washing cars? For then you go and carry tracts and our magazines. Anybody where I wash in car must collect one. Say, I'm, my, my being here must have a purpose. If I can't think of it, when I finish washing your car, I throw, I throw a magazine inside, close it. Somebody will find it and read it. If I throw two copies, one inside the car, one in the boot, after it's free. Just find a way to put a positive you know, slant to everything that's going on. But some you know, people now say, ah, you know, Apostle Selman was uh, praying, who doesn't have work? And everybody put up their hands. And I can assure you, more than 70% of those whose hands went up were working somewhere. But they are dissatisfied. They are unhappy. They want to plot it the way they think it should go. And if God doesn't do it like that, the faith is not working. Listen, if I sell my car and give it out, give the money out for preaching of the gospel, it has already worked. Whether I got another car back or I don't. As long as I'm trekking, I will know I'm trekking for Christ. The car you give out is not the reason why God should build your house. That, thing, that doctrine, it, I hope it has expired. Is anybody still preaching it? They are still preaching it. They know the tire. Apostle, they know the tire. They will not start, you know, they start telling lies. Then go to his rich because he got off for, for, for his bishop. You know, we just want to tie all this good dude. Oh, God. You know, they'll not be telling the story that one day, that one day, he got off for his bishop. That story, you know, these days on social media, eh? People have, there are stories on, there is not even Mary that gave birth to Jesus Christ. It is, it is Mary Magdalene, it's Elizabeth. You know, anybody can write anything they like. So me, I don't believe stories. Once it's on social media, I see it, I know they believe. If you want to tell me a story on, uh, a story on social media, you, you have to put a link to a credible website. If I take it seriously. Just where the Alikodangote got off Agbisho. That's why the richest African now. Uh-huh. So it's only one get up. Now you make them like, be like this. You, you know how many people I don't get up for? <laughs> Bro, see how People don't understand that the way things work. They think that one get up. When you go and meet the man, the man says, Menini Agbishop, he's wondering who's Agbishop. 
Now I see some young, young boys, they've been getting up for everybody says. They don't love God, they love money. Yes, they don't love God, they love money. And listen to me, if you think it's a man of God that you get up for that, that will anoint you, listen. It is that pregnant woman who you do not know that you got off and gave your seat in the bus. That's where anointing is. I, I want you to know. Because when Jesus shows up, people usually are confused. When did we see you? And we got off for you. That's what they are going to ask. When did we see you? You will, you will not get up for a poor person then get up for an anointed man. All he will tell you is God bless you. And it's not more than normal God bless you. Nothing. You think it's an anointing for wealth. See, those who really, those who are really seeking these material blessings don't get it. I want you to know. Whether you are seeking it materially or spiritually, you will not get it. Once it is what you are seeking, your eyes focused on, you won't get it. Just serve God and relax. What did I say? Just serve God and relax. I was saying earlier, how you react to disappointment is a sign of whether you really trust God or you don't. When God gives that job to everybody else, he doesn't give you. Just thank him. It's not mine. It's not mine. It's not mine. Mine is coming. Mine is coming. And what is the job? It's not the way by which I make a millionaire every month. It's the opportunity I have to bless somebody, to use my skill to impact somebody's life, and which I'm giving and being paid some money in the process. That's what the job is. As all those people that got up when Apostle said, man. Anyway, the, the, the prayer has been answered. What I mean is that they were, before he came, the Lord had done it. They, they had jobs, Nabi. Yeah, that's what I mean. Let's take a minute and just let's bow our heads and I want you to take you five minutes and give thanks. Give thanks because all things have been made to work for your good by God. Dedicate your heart to the love of God again. Dedicate your heart to the love of God. Say, Lord, I love you. I'm not using you. I'm loving you. I'm doing that which is pleasing to you. I'm not using you. I'm doing that which is pleasing to you. I'm not using it. I'm loving you. I'm loving you. I take pleasure in your pleasure. That is, if you are pleased with me, it makes me glad. That's all. If you say, this which you have done is right, then I'm happy. Say, Lord, I love you. I know. I know. I know. You make all things work together for good because I love you. You are working in my life and you are not following the steps of the world. You are not following the design of the world. You are not following the predictable, you know, organized steps and method of the world. You are following your own desires. You are following your own plans. You are working in my life according to your own plans. And according to your predestination. Not according to the world, the, the idea of the world. Lord, I know. Say to him, Lord, I know. Lord, I know. I know. Lord, I know. My name is Joseph. I've just landed in prison for something I did not do. But I know. I know. My name is Moses. In my zeal, I mean, my zeal for you, I did things. Then you instructed me to run into the wilderness. It's 20 years now. Nothing new has happened. I'm getting tired. But I know. It's 30 years, I know. It's 39 years, 
I know that you make all things work together for my good. Because I really love you. I made my mistakes, I know. But really, Lord, I love you. And in case I did not love you before, I say I'm sorry and I'm loving you now. Wipe away the lack of love for you in my past, in my thoughts, before now, in my heart, before now. Pour the love of Christ again in me, afresh. Lord, pour that love in me, afresh. Pour that love, Lord, in me. I want to love you in all that I do. It's an important prayer. Lord, I want to love you in all that I do. In every decision I make, let it be for the love of you. If I give money, it's not because I want to get, but because I love you. If I resign a job, not because I want to get a bigger one, but because I love you and I believe that I'm working according to your pleasure. Lord, let me love you in everything. That's my desire. My desire is to love you. Is to love you. Not to be a God user, but to be a God lover. Lord, I yield my heart to you again today. I declare that I love you. I love your word. I love your truth. I love the people of God. I love the brethren. Yes, Lord, I love the brethren. I love the advancement of the gospel. Lord, I love you. I know. All things are working together for my good. I know. All things are working together. Because you are making them work together for my good. Let's give the Lord thanks and say, Lord, we thank you for encouraging our hearts this evening. Thank you, Lord, for your word that has come forth with power. Our hearts are encouraged. Just give the Lord thanks for encouragement. Yes, indeed, that word encouraged a lot of us. Say, Lord, thank you. Sending this word to us again. Thank you. We will wait on you. We will wait on you. You know what you're doing. We ask for grace, Lord, to trust you. We give you praise. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus.